Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing the pause button today to Edge Got In to your mind, your will, and those squirrely emotions. Today's topic is entitled, Don't Waste Your Suffering. We are surrounded by a lot of suffering in this world. It's difficult to get through an entire day when we don't hear of a story, a situation, um, perhaps secondhand, thirdhand, of someone who's going through suffering, if it's not you at that time. Perhaps you're going through suffering today, whether that be physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. There's no mistake that you have tuned into today's podcast because the Lord has something for you today. And as I often start any training or seminar or workshop, as God guides me, I invite you to think about and to take a moment to pray before you even enter into this podcast, simply invite the Holy Spirit in to bump you and to help you to pause on whatever scripture insight, thought that causes you to stop in your tracks. This is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. This is how the Lord speaks to us. Our heart is moved within us. And we stop. It catches our attention. And as you've often heard me say, we're constantly looking for information that helps us thrive and survive. It's that innate ability that God has given us to be able to tune out those things that don't help us thrive and survive and to tune into those things that help us thrive and survive. At Edge God In, it's our mission to champion your human potential in Christ, with Christ, in Christ. Without Jesus, I don't like the way I show up. (laughs) And perhaps you can relate to that. So it all comes down to your relationship, your personal relationship with the lover of your soul. Jesus is after you today. Whether you've just heard about him, whether you've been walking with him for over a decade, perhaps 20, 30, 40 years, perhaps a day. Perhaps you just heard about the podcast and you were curious. Either way, the Lord loves you right where you are at. And he loves you enough not to leave you there. So today we're going to have a conversation about suffering. Don't waste your suffering. Edge got in is quickly becoming the voice of our project called Emotional Intelligence in Christ. Emotional intelligence in Christ, as the, as the, as the Lord has guided us to get some clarification around, is the activation or the wakefulness attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within you and your attentiveness to the Holy Spirit's promptings to help you discern and manage personal emotions and behaviors in a way that honors God by following through with his second greatest commandment, loving others well, as Jesus did. There are four phases of emotional intelligence in Christ, and we and we basically reframed the secular version of emotional intelligence into 
a God-centered emotional intelligence, because the biggest difference between emotional intelligence in Christ and the secular version of emotional intelligence is simple. It's just Jesus. Just Jesus. That's all we need for success. Because as we ground our identity in Jesus, which is the first phase of emotional intelligence, then that gives us the ability to even activate the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. That's the second phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, which gives us the ability to be altruistic or even have the ability to think of the needs of others more than our own. We are born selfish creatures. And each day in earth school gives us the opportunity to be able to practice becoming smaller so God can become bigger within us so that we can see the world and other people for who they desire to be rather than how their behavior shows up, which is our true desire ourselves, just saying. <laughs> I'd like you to see me for who I desire to be rather than how my behavior shows up quite a bit. Altruism then gives spills into Christ connections, which is the final phase of emotional intelligence. To learn more about the Emotional Intelligence in Christ project, please visit emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Back to our topic today, don't waste your suffering. Holy Spirit, we come to you today and we give you permission to bump us, help us to pause over whatever it is that you want us to grab a hold of. You've already grabbed a hold of us for it. So help us to be attentive, awake, so that we can hear and respond. We can linger, open our hearts and give us a willingness to be able to transfer whatever we learn today into our behavior so that we can learn how to love the way that you loved. First and foremost, make us aware of how much you adore us today. We can't give out what we haven't experienced within. So come, Lord Jesus, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, so that we will turn and be saved by your love and your grace, so that we shine like stars in the universe, like a city set on a hill, and outshine the darkness around us, only by your grace. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So it's our learning objective today, at the end of this podcast, that you will have reflected upon one of Jesus' followers who wrote the majority of the New Testament, and that's Paul, who suffered, who wrote letters from prison, who was beaten with rods, who was in prison, who was chained, who was flogged, who was uh, mentally and emotionally accused, falsely accused. I think sometimes the emotional wounds of being falsely accused or someone making an accusation or a conclusion about who you are is even more difficult to get through than even the physical suffering. And there's actually been studies done on that, the difference between mental anguish, emotional anguish, and physical anguish. And uh, that mental emotional anguish oftentimes wins out. So whatever it is that you're bringing to the table today, have confidence. The one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. I'd like to start out with a personal story on this topic, because this is where the title of today's podcast came from. Don't waste your suffering. When uh, Mother Teresa came to Denver a long time ago, I believe it was way back, I can't even remember the date that it was, um, 
1993. That's, that's a guess. Uh, 1993. Mother Teresa visited Denver um, at World Youth Day that was, that was um, held here in, in Colorado and Denver. And one of the things that she did was she left a gift of her nuns here to be able to help the poorest of poor and those people that are going through suffering. Flash forward to that's 1993, flash forward to 2006. Perhaps you've heard me share this. I was diagnosed with advanced cancer given five years to live. My children were eight, 10 and 12 at the time. And I was diagnosed one week prior to my final divorce court date. So it was the perfect storm. And Jesus is the perfect physician. And he stepped in the eye of the storm and carried me through. One of the things that he moved me to do through a friend of mine that knew the nuns were down there and, and said, hey, um, you're going through a lot of suffering. Mother Teresa and her nuns, um, they have seen firsthand profound suffering. Why don't we go down? So I did. And one of the nuns that had worked side by side with Mother Teresa happened to be there. And I, I shared with her my story in that time, um, just to give you a little perspective of just the journey God led me through in less than a two-year period of time. I went through the divorce, double mastectomy, 16 chemos, six weeks of daily radiation, 14 surgeries due to third-degree burns on my front. I had an, an open wound the size of a, a small, uh, probably like the size of a clementine orange for a year because the skin had died because of the combination between the experimental chemo that I had um, for a year in addition to the 16 rounds of chemo. Um, it wouldn't heal. So I had to change the bandages several times a day. And um, it was a profound experience because it gave me the opportunity metaphorically to consider the wounds that you all are carrying around. We all have wounds. And oftentimes we dress ourselves up really nicely and cover our wounds, right? How are you doing? Fine, fine. I'm doing fine. When inside we're slowly dying. One of the uh, foundational steps in any 12-step program for healing is um, ownership and acknowledgement. My name is Lauren and I'm suffering. It's not easy and God is with me. That acknowledgement is profound and I, I encourage you to have uh, choose someone in your life that is a truth teller, someone who you trust uh, to be able to be honest and real because it releases the tension of holding things in. So I went through the double mastectomy and the, after double mastectomy, it's an amputation and taking off of my breasts, there's space. And what the body does is God would have it is it fills up with fluid um, and that fluid needs to drain. So they put drains in the side. And I had these drains in a lot longer than I was supposed to because the fluid in my body wasn't absorbing. And um, those were, those were the drains happened to be leaning against nerves. And the nerve pain was so excruciating, um, it almost made me pass out several times. So it, it happened during this time where my friend said, we got to get you down there. I feel like God has some wisdom for you from, from uh, this, these nuns down there. And so, so I went. And I shared my story with one of the nuns and she just was like, I don't know, four feet tall, uh, maybe a little bit taller than that. But I was looking down at her and I was bald and breastless with my tubes and just going through a, a very difficult time and suffering in the eye of the storm, emotionally, mentally, physically. 
And uh, she was so patient. She just listened to it all. And I, I literally felt like I was standing on holy ground because when, you, when you're in the presence of someone who's either experienced firsthand, face-to-face, the face of suffering, it changes the soul forever. And it shouldn't surprise us that suffering is the very vehicle that God continues to use to change the soul forever. And I can attest to that. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to wish what I went through on anybody, I can say that I'm very grateful that God carried me through it because of the good work that he's done through the eye of the storm, not only for my sake and my own personal growth and redemption um, and continual character development, but also for the sake of you so that you know you're not alone that God sees you in your suffering and your hardship. So the nun just looked up at me after I shared everything, and she just said four words to me that I'll never forget. Don't waste your suffering. God does miraculous work in the midst of it. Be attentive for the mighty work that he's going to do through this. And then I had somebody share with me soon after that, another phrase that got, you know, when God's after you and he really wants you to grasp something, (laughs) he's the best multi-level marketer, man. He just keeps sending people. If you miss it the first time, no worries. He loves you enough not to leave you there. So he'll send somebody else in. So he did. He sent somebody else in. um, That was a very, uh, strong believer that said to me, um, you know, God doesn't cause the suffering to happen. This is the fall of, of Adam and Eve. This is, this has been since the beginning of time. This is our own concupiscence, which means the tendency towards sin. We, we are born selfish. We are born. There's not one, as the scripture says, that seeks the face of God fully and completely 24 seven. Although I pray that I can be that person. <laughs> it, it's, it's always a journey of learning and uh, dying to self. And this person said to me um, that God doesn't cause the suffering, but what he does do is he brings about a greater good than had the suffering not occurred. So these are two back-to-back messages that God gave me. Don't waste your suffering. God's doing an incredible work in your life. Be attentive. The other thing that this nun said to me was, um, lift up your suffering for the sake of salvation of souls. When you feel the intense pain, pray more fervently for your brothers and sisters around the world who are going through that kind of suffering and even worse, any kind of suffering, just lift it up. That was a game changer for me because I went back and found myself in fetal position many, many times. And I would turn that acute pain into a profoundly passionate prayer for the sake of people that were suffering, physical pain, emotional pain, mental pain. I just basically lifted up what I was going through and prayed for those people around the world that were going through similar situations. God calls us to do the same every day. Whatever it is you're going through, don't stay there. Do what God does. He brings about a greater good than had it not even occurred. The greater good comes when you use your suffering to catapult you into a passionate prayer for your brothers and sisters around the world. 
and Paul talks about this as well, who are undergoing similar sufferings. It helps you to be compassionate toward those people who are going through difficulties. I remember one time I was in the shower and I had to strap a belt around me to hold the two containers that were the drains coming out of my side. And I was bald and breastless, no eyebrows, no eyelashes. I mean, I was a mess, <laughs> physically speaking. <laughs> and as I'm telling this story, I can remember what I looked like. And, and um, I remember kind of laughing. And I was, I was very weak at that time. And I was holding myself up. I had a little ledge in the shower and was holding myself up. And my body was shaking. And this is, this is after, you know, as a secondary black belt, winning a medal, being at the top of my game, physically speaking, training four hours a day, six days a week. And then a couple of years later, I was crawling to the shower. So it produces within you a profound sense of gratitude and dependency and surrender to God. The Lord gives, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. As I was standing there, I was just kind of laughing. And I said, Lord, you're giving me my PhD in suffering. And I just felt this affirmation in my heart from the Holy Spirit. That's right. Be attentive. Because this will give you the ability to reach the masses. Because it's the one thing that we all have in common as human beings, in spite of our different personalities, perspectives, filters, how we go about life, what we do, what we don't do. We all are linked by suffering. And that's a game changer, as it was when Jesus was on the cross and he looked out and he said, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. So don't waste your suffering. A few verses for you to ponder with this. For victory, really, victory in suffering, how do you do it? Um, this one has stopped me in my tracks just this week. In fact, I wrote it on two different places because I'm, I want to memorize this and really store it in my heart. It's 2 Corinthians one twenty one. When you come to the end of yourself, which happened to me when I went through advanced cancer and divorce, you realize that all you ever needed is God anyway. And it's an extremely freeing experience. So be attentive in terms of where God has you. And the quicker you can move to that statement, I can't do this. I'm not okay. Lord, help me, as Peter said when he stepped out of the boat, was focused on Jesus, but then turned his vision toward the waves. Perhaps you're looking at the waves in your life today. What happened to Peter? He started to sink. Lord, help me. Three words, he said. And Jesus reached down his hand and pulled him up instantly above the waves. Jesus is calling you out of your boat today. He wants to show you what is possible in the midst of hardship. He wants to blow you away in terms of the ability of him in you, through you, to do something that you didn't think you were capable of doing. Are you willing to get out of the boat and trust him to take you there? Second Corinthians one twenty one says, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. With every storm, Jesus comes to. That's the subtitle of the first book that God moved me to write when I went through advanced cancer and divorce called Hearing His Whisper. 
The subtitle is, With Every Storm Jesus Comes To. We have victory because of exactly what's said in this verse, 2 Corinthians 1.21. So this is your earth school practice. Look up 2 Corinthians 1.21. Memorize it. Ask the Holy Spirit to make it come alive and to meet you right where you're at. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. When you're going through suffering, it's very easy to give more authority to the suffering, the pain. It's very easy to be tossed into a pity party. I wrote an article called Eight Ways to Throw a Successful Pity Party. I've often guided people to read that because if you're going to throw a pity party, this might as well be a good one. Just don't stay there. Jesus meets you smack in the middle of that pity party and reminds you, hey, it's God who makes you stand firm in Christ in the midst of suffering because you are anointed. You, you have, you are set. He has set his seal of ownership on you and put his spirit in you as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Victory is yours in Christ. So you can take this verse, 2 Corinthians 1.21, and apply it to any sense of suffering. Philippians 2.13 is another one to store in your, in your heart because it's not you. I remember so many times just weeping before the Lord. I can't do this. I can't do this. I'd rather die. I got very low and I got into those places. But then the faces of my three children, 8, 10, and 12, at the time, catapulted me up again and again. And God reminded me quietly within my soul, I know you can't do this. And I can. So lean in. And this is this invitation for you today. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works within us, both to will and to act according to his good purposes. What do these two verses have in common? It's God. God who works within us. It's God who gives you victory over mental challenges, emotional challenges, physical challenges, guides you to the resources you need. Because that's the other thing, when they were giving me the max amount of chemo, radiation, surgeries, and said, well, we're trying to get you five years. I literally jumped out of the box, threw myself on the floor in the shape of a cross. And I said, Lord, send me everything I need to heal. I know that my time on earth is not done yet. And all of these alternative uh, things started coming into my life, like drinking aloe vera, who'd have thought? Eight ounces, three times a day, alkalines the body, cancer cells can't grow in the midst of alkalinity. Um, drinking once a day, an eight ounce glass of water with lemon and one teaspoon of baking soda alkalines the body. Um, drinking volcanic ash, a couple drops every day. Um, it's called cellular defense. You can get it on Amazon. Um, what does that do? It, it uh, removes all metals and toxins from your body. Ramification, your immune system is boosted. We all have cancer cells in our bodies. It's just that our immune systems get compromised. So he gave me wisdom and guidance, and he can do the same thing wherever you're at today. Lord, I can't do this. And the Holy Spirit will crash that scene and say, you're right, and I can. And our affirmation is 2 Corinthians one twenty one that says, now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. So he'll give you the ability to stand firm wherever you're at. What are you spun about today? What are you giving free rent to between your two ears that is resulting in anxiety, 
worry, stress, the need to know how things will turn out, wondering why things happen as they do. As we've spoken about in a previous podcast, the devil's number one tactic in spiritual combat is the title is to steal your peace because he knows that when you don't, when you're not at peace, you can't be productive in the Lord. So these two verses, 2 Corinthians 1.21 and Philippians 2.13, remind you that it's not about you. Lord, help me to become less, St. John, John, um, John the Baptist. I must decrease so you can increase. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works within you both to will and to act according to his good purposes. God does not waste suffering. He doesn't cause the suffering that we witness and are currently witnessing in our society today. In fact, I remember one time I was lying in bed and I was exhausted. It was after a tough chemo and um, I was moved to reach out to our uh, pastor at the time um, and ask him if I could speak after the service that day. And, and this, is, this, is, this is also where, where Paul says that his grace is sufficient. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And I can't tell you how many times I felt so weak and God did such powerful work at different times. And so after the service, um, I went up and I had my wig on before the congregation. And this is what God told me to do. Take your wig off and be vulnerable. And remind people that I don't cause the suffering, but I bring about a greater good than had it not even occurred. So to not to fear suffering. So I, I just listened and I did exactly as he prompted me to do. I got up. Um, I said, I've been getting a lot of letters because I'd worked with youth and adult ministries for 30 years. So I, I knew a lot of people within the church. And um, I said, I, I, Holy Spirit moved me to, to just pass along a message that God's placing on my heart here that God didn't cause this. And I put, I took my wig off and I said, he didn't cause this cancer. We live in a toxic world. There are toxic situations. There's stress. Uh, there's toxins in our environment. There's uh, heredity, hereditary, even though I didn't have the BRAC gene, it was, mine was more environmental. God didn't cause this and he will bring about a greater good than had this not even happened. And I know that my victory is in the Lord and not in my own effort, because when I am weak, then he is strong. And this is a message for you today. Remember, when you are weak, it is then that God is strong. He will not leave you or forsake you. And his power is made perfect in your weakness. So do not fear suffering. Lift it up for the sake of salvation of souls and other people around the world that are going through difficult times. God is our victory. For it is God who works within you to will and to act according to his good purpose. So my brothers and sisters in Christ, whatever it is today that is stealing your peace, perhaps you are going through a very difficult challenge. You're grieving. You're suffering in some way, physically, emotionally, spiritually. And there's lots of different experiences with suffering. There's no judgment on suffering. Whatever yours is, the Lord cares about it. God does his greatest work in the eye of the storm. 
Sweet Jesus, we thank you for this time today. Give us the grace to memorize 2 Corinthians 1.21 and memorize Philippians 2.13 so that we would remember it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit that our victory lies, that the battle belongs to you and that you will carry us through whatever it is that we're going through. We pray for our society, the, the sadness, the people that are grieving today. We pray for physical ailments, mental challenges, emotional challenges. We pray for victory, Lord, in you. We are nothing without you. And your strength is made perfect in our weakness because we get out of the way. Give us the strength and the grace to trust that you have our back and that you are bringing about a greater good than had this not happened, whatever this is. Help us to flee from the things that tie us to the world and help us to pursue those things that give us that victory, to remember that you have anointed us, that you have set your seal of ownership on us, and you've put your spirit in us, in our hearts, as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what you have prepared for those who love you. We love you, Lord. Help us to love you more today than yesterday. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Give him heaven out there and don't waste your suffering.